This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Friday the 10th of December. In your Squeeze today, New Zealand's plan to ban tobacco. Bushfires in our west. Don't mess with Sam Kerr. And meeting those postal deadlines. This is your Squeeze today. We're heading over the ditch first up this morning, Eliza, where the New Zealand government announced yesterday a plan to ban young people from ever being able to purchase tobacco. Their aim is to make the country pretty much smoke free. Under this plan, just 5% of the population will be smoking by 2025. It's a bit of a phasing out strategy, really. Yeah, it's actually a really ambitious plan. So how it would work is that there'd be an age ban on buying cigarettes, which would apply to kids aged 14 and younger from 2023. So then every year that age ban rises. And the point of that is that you'd get a whole generation of kids who can't legally buy cigarettes and it'd also be an offence to sell to these kids. And for adults, there's going to be far fewer places that you can buy cigarettes. So right now there's about 8,000 retailers like supermarkets and petrol stations, that's going to go down to just 500 approved outlets. And the last piece of the puzzle is that they're actually going to reduce the amount of nicotine in tobacco products, making them less addictive, theoretically, in what public health experts are calling a world first. Yeah, it's not a done deal yet, though. It won't be introduced into the parliament until mid next year. And of course, it will face quite a bit of opposition. Yeah, well, you just think about taking away cigarettes from, say, the corner store, bottle shops, for instance. At this stage, the government says it won't compensate those retailers. You'd have to think that'd be a fair bit of loss in terms of revenue. And uh, the right-wing ACT New Zealand Party has labelled the new laws as prohibition, which will promote a black market for tobacco. And as you said, they won't even be introduced until mid-next year and wanting to come into effect from 2023. Uh, Those in favour say, it's going to be crucial in stopping smoking-led disease and death. Right now, there's about an eight-year gap in life expectancy between Maori and non-Maori communities in the country. Two and a half years of that is attributed to smoking. So these laws are apparently aimed at the Maori and the Pacifica communities. As you say, it's a world first, so there'll be plenty of eyes on this one. A lot of people have also pointed to the fact that none of these laws include vaping. It's often used as a replacement for cigarettes, but still plenty of argument over the safety of vaping. We actually did a squeeze shortcut on it last year. I learned a lot doing that one, one worth checking out. I'll put a link to that in your episode notes. For those of us on the East Coast, Eliza, it's been rain, rain, rain for weeks. Very different story over in the West at the moment. Bushfires are threatening parts of the Margaret River region. Yeah, it's been really hot and dry in the West. And authorities say there's a high fuel load on the ground. And that blaze that you mentioned has already burnt through 5,000 hectares of bush in the Lewin Naturalist National Park. There's 300 firefighters on hand. Conditions are said to have eased somewhat last night, but this is a really popular wine and surf region, lots of residential properties nearby. And authorities say this blaze still poses a significant risk to the community. Amazing part of the world. It was only a few weeks ago, though, that that region marked the 10th anniversary of the 2011 bushfires that destroyed 39 homes. 
National Cabinet is meeting today. They'll talk about that Omicron strain and with restrictions currently due to lift for overseas students, skilled migrants and other visa holders on Wednesday, Eliza, no doubt the plan for international borders will come up. They'll also cover the rollout of vaccines for Aussie kids, so those between the ages of 5 and 12 years. Yeah, there are reports in the newspapers this morning that Atagi has given kids the green light to get the jab and Atagi, of course, we're all about acronyms this year is the Australian Technical Advisory Group of Immunisation. So the kids will be able to get the Pfizer vaccine eight weeks apart, starting in early January. That'll roll out across Term 1 for about 2 million children across the country. And uh, the federal government says bookings will be available within weeks. Yeah, you'll be able to book those jabs through your GP, through your pharmacy and also through those vaccination clinics. As for where vaccination rates are at in Australia, Queensland and the Northern Territory have now passed the 80% double vaccinated mark for those over 16. It makes Western Australia the only jurisdiction yet to reach that milestone. Over to Hong Kong now, where each year thousands gather to mark the anniversary of Beijing's 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre. Bit of background, that was an event that was condemned worldwide when Chinese troops killed what's thought to be thousands of peaceful democracy protesters. As China's continued to grow its influence in Hong Kong, Eliza, in recent years, one thing that it's moved to ban is the marking of that day. Didn't stop thousands from doing so in June this year, and now some high-profile democracy activists have been convicted. That's right. Jimmy Lai is one of those people who's been convicted. He's a really prominent and influential media mogul in Hong Kong. And there was also opposition politician Gwyneth Ho and human rights lawyer Chow Hung Tung. And most of those thousands, as you mentioned, that who went to that vigil are already behind bars. But these three prominent Hong Kongers contested their charges in court. And critics say this is an example of how China is using the territory's controversial security laws to quash dissent in Hong Kong. Yeah, those three will be sentenced next week on the 13th of December, so on Monday, and they face up to five years in jail. Sam Kerr, Eliza, is one of the best female football players in the world. She's the captain of our Aussie team, the Matildas. She's pretty handy with the boot and with the shoulder, it would appear. Wouldn't it? She's an all-round athlete. So she plays for (laughs) Chelsea and they were playing Juventus and a man ran onto the field and video footage shows the crowd booing and telling him to get off. He's gesturing back that he won't. And then she runs up to him and gives him a hip and shoulder. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) the ref didn't really approve. She was given a yellow card and the the crowd was really disappointed because they were cheering at her move. And Chelsea was left with a nil-all draw. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to get into the results. I think the main focus on that game was that incident. The poor guy, the imposer on the field was left absolutely flattened, but he was doing the wrong thing. All I take out of this, Eliza, is that Sam Kerr plays a lot of football. She was in Australia less than a fortnight ago playing a friendly against the US. She was in London playing and winning the FA Cup final earlier this week, and now she's playing in the Champions League. I cannot keep up. I'm tired just hearing it. Squeeze the day. What have we got? Well, Gladys Berejiklian 
the former New South Wales Premier is set to make an announcement on her political future today. Uh, According to reports in the paper this morning, there had been suggestions from the Prime Minister and other members of Cabinet that she'd be a great fit for the New South Wales seat of Warringah. But of course, Berejiklian is being investigated by the New South Wales Anti-Corruption Commission and the reports say today that she's actually going to move into the private sector. So I'm keen to see how that announcement takes shape today. Let's see what she says. On top of that, broadcaster Alan Jones is making what he says is a significant announcement today. There's been rumours about him entering federal politics. So let's see what this morning is all about. Squeeze the day for me, Eliza. I was going to include this one on Monday, but I figure it might be too late by then. The 13th of December, so Monday, is the final day to get your parcels in the mail to arrive by Christmas. This is a very important public service announcement. Oh my gosh, I'm already breaking <laughs> out in sweat. I was going to ask you, you've got to use the weekend to get your presents purchased. Make sure they're in the mail on Monday. Are you organised? Pretty much. Good. I, well I already, I do already have some presents under the tree. However, I have not even tried to send presents interstate this year or internationally. Uh, it's hard. got away from me a little bit. Yeah, if you're sending to the NT or Western Australia, the deadline has already passed. You can express post though, and I'll include a link to the dates that Australia Post has put out in people's episode notes, just to be extra helpful. Speaking of helpful things, if you signed up to the Squeeze Today newsletter, Friday Lights Today has a link to Vanity Fair's 14 Best TV Shows of 2021. Great when you need some inspiration on a Friday night in. Also a recipe as per usual and a link to the Sydney Morning Herald's Travel Planner. It displays each state and territory's rules for entry because it's getting kind of confusing about where you can go and what you need to do before you go and all of that. So it's super handy. That's all from us. Have a great Friday and we'll be back on Monday.